0: good morning guys uh, my name is dan if you haven't met me before i'm one of the pastors here. i'm the youth pastor here and um yeah it's good to be back here again um i haven't seen you guys for a while i think last time i preached here was at the start of this year uh if you guys don't know at glue this term we actually uh, glue and stick we we both of the youth group are actually doing psalms and our theme is an an authentic relationship with god so if you have kids. Uh, who are in teenage, or even all the year sixes? You guys are welcome to come to Glue uh, and stick, even if you want to, uh, to to visit us and uh, and to see what it's like. Do we have any year sixes here? No. Okay. They're all downstairs. I thought they're staying here. Okay. All right. That's all right. If you know any year sixes, invite them to come to Glue. Um, and also, uh, I just want to clarify, some of you may notice that I got a tattoo on my arm. Um, it's not real. So if you, if you, if you guys are just wondering, how come Dan got a tattoo? Uh, well, I'm a youth pastor, so I've got to keep up with the trend. Uh, but you know, yesterday, Kat and I, we just went to an event called Walk for Freedom. It's just an event to raise awareness for human trafficking victims. Uh, so if you guys want to find out more, you can talk to me about it as well. Uh, and... And I think uh, you guys all heard Anthony pray about my grandma, so she passed away yesterday. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I, I had a bit of trouble sleeping last night because um, I, I, was, I was quite sad. Um, but, um, you know, sometimes it's really confronting that death just stares right at your face. Um, but I'm also just uh, even just singing the song, just, then, just comforted of the hope that we have in Jesus. And, uh, and I hope that today's sermon... Uh, Even though uh, baptism and communion, you know, you guys do it every week, hope that this is something that you you guys can be reminded of, of the hope that we have in Jesus, of the grace and mercy that God has given us. Uh, So let me pray before we start. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that your word is still alive and active today, even though it's been written thousands of years ago. And we pray that this morning as we learn more about what is baptism and what is communion, uh, that it will help us to appreciate what you've done for us in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, what I'm going to do in the next few slides, I'm just going to show you a a few signs or symbols, and then uh, you guys can tell me what they represent, okay? So what is this? Maccas, yeah. You know, when I first moved to Australia, I didn't know what's Macca's, because uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, we in Malaysia, we just say McDonald's, but um, Macca's. Yeah. What is this? KFC. And this? Nike, Nike yes. Uh, what are these? Rinkos. Yes, yes. You know me. <laughs> and what is this? Yeah. Yes. Wedding rings. What is this? Who know, so it's a draw. Draw four cards, and that you should you should be the most sure about this one. <laughs> uh, it's it's a cross, and it, it reminds us of Jesus, and and these are all signs that point to, to um, that represent a greater reality, right? So you know, when you see a McDonald's sign, Marcus, uh, you you're reminded of uh, a Big Mac. Uh, when you see a KFC, uh, you think of the you know wicked wings. Uh, when, you, when you look at the Nike, you think of the, the nice shoes. And uh, Pringles, obviously the different tastes of Pringles. A wedding, wedding rings, you think of marriage, a wedding. Uh, and when you look at this one, you probably lose some friends. Yeah, you know. Uh, or oh, this one, as, we, as, we, as I just say, it reminds us of. Jesus and what He's done for us on the cross. So these are all signs that point to a greater reality. Uh, they all point to something real. But well, today I'm just going to talk about two other signs, and that's this, that's baptism and uh, Holy Communion. Now, I realize that, that there are different, different views of baptism and Holy Communion, and uh, what that is, and I understand that some of you here, and you might come from different church backgrounds or different traditions, And I just want to say that today, I won't be going through what are the different views of baptism and communion. Uh, I'm just going to be going through what we as a church, what we believe and what we practice. So if you do have any questions regarding about what I say or what I don't say, uh, feel free to come and talk to me after the service or you can um, talk to Pastor Chad. It's probably better to talk to him. Uh, so, uh, So you can talk to him after he's back from holiday. So, okay, what is baptism? So, uh, 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 what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through uh, three things. So, what is baptism, why we should do baptism, and who can be baptized. And I'll do the same thing for Holy Communion as well. So, what do you think of when you think of baptism? The other day, you know, I was on YouTube, and I saw this video. I just want to show you guys. I don't know if you can show it at uh, at the back. Uh, Just the video. This is a video of a baptism that I saw. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Who likes to get baptized? <laughs> uh, well let me assure you the way we do baptism here, it's not as violent as the man in the video. I think he had a background of wrestling. Um, but one thing that we do that is similar is, is that, you know, it does involve water. Uh, and why water, you ask? Well, the original language of baptism, uh, it's written in Greek. So the New Testament was written in Greek. And the original word baptizo actually means to plunge, to dip, to immerse something in water. And, uh, and the origin begins with, this, with a prophet called John the Baptist. Uh, so before Jesus came, uh, this guy called John, uh, he's been saying to the people of Israel, hey, our Savior is coming soon. Uh, You've got to get ready to meet him. And before you meet him, you need to confess and you need to turn away from your sins. And John's baptism is a sign to show that they want to turn away from their sins. And it's a bit like you know, taking a spiritual bath or shower just to get ready to meet the Son of God. And if you think about it, think about it you know, water does cleanse you of all the dirty stuff on your body. You know, I like having a good shower. It makes me feel cleaner as well. Um, you know, but when Jesus came, Jesus, the, the, the one that John has been talking about, the Messiah, the Savior, and Jesus said to John, hey, John, I want to be baptized by you. And John was like, Jesus, no way. You, know? you, you, you're, you're, you don't have any sins to confess. You're, you're perfect. You're the You're the Savior. Why should I be baptizing you? And Jesus said, just do it. You know, the Nike slogan, just do it. And he said, I've come to fulfill all righteousness. And as Jesus got baptized, there's a, the Spirit of God uh, came down and a voice from heaven, sa- heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So in other words, now Jesus Jesus' baptism was a sign that he he was the Son of God. And he had oh sorry about the slide. And he had come to fulfill what his father has told him to come to do, which is to die for us on the cross so that we could be made right with God, so that we could be righteous. And his baptism is actually an image of his own death and resurrection. Uh, so when we are baptized. We also, uh, we also die with Him and we also rise with Him. And that's why there's, uh, Paul in Romans 6, uh, he's one of the New Testament writers, and he wrote these letters to, uh, to his church, and he said this from verse 3, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? And we were therefore buried with Him through baptism into, his, into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with Him in a death like this, we will certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. And if you don't know what the, the, the letter of Romans was about, uh, at, 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 before this chapter, Paul has been talking about faith in Jesus. He said that in previous chapter that our salvation comes not by our works, but by our faith uh, and our faith in Jesus. So when we have faith in Jesus, it's like we're baptized into Him and that we are united with Him. Now, I don't know if you have a favorite sports team. Uh, uh, I have one. One my favorite sports team was the NBA Golden State Warriors. And, um, you know, I actually just go with whoever is winning, so I guess you can say I'm bandwagoning. But, you know, when the Warriors won the NBA uh, a few years ago, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, we've won, we've won. And then when they lost, I was like, you know, we've lost. But, you know, why did I say that even though I didn't even play with them? I wasn't even on the bench. Um, you know, It's because they're my team, and it's because I identified with them. I was united with them. When they win, I win. When they lose, I lose. So similarly, when we are united with Christ, we die with him. When he dies, we die. When he rises, when he rises, we rise. So when Christ died, he took the punishment for our sins. And he rose from the dead so that we could be made right with God. Now God is now satisfied with what Jesus did for us. Jesus became our substitute. He became the scapegoat just so that we could be made right with God. Just so that we could be spared from the wrath of God. So now God sees me just as he sees his own son, perfect and righteous, and Paul says, "Well, baptism is actually a sign of that—that that we are united with Christ, that we have been saved, that God has redeemed us through our faith in Jesus." So, baptism is a practice where those who have faith in Jesus that they're either immersed in the water or sprinkled, as a testimony that Jesus has saved them, Jesus has forgiven them through their faith in Him. It's, and it's a public declaration of your faith in Jesus. And it's actually quite beautiful, if you think about it. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's a reminder of God's grace and mercy. Whenever you see someone's getting baptized, and I, I, I feel that myself, whenever I see someone's getting baptized, I just get emotional, I get, I, I get very happy, because I'm just so thankful that God chose to save us through His own Son, Jesus, even though we're so undeserving. And I hope that whenever you see someone getting baptized or when you're getting baptized, that you will be reminded of that, of God's grace and mercy for you. So if you're a believer, if it, so right now I'll go to my second point. Uh, why should you think about baptism, especially if you're a believer? Well, firstly, it's actually a command from Jesus It's a command from Jesus. So Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said this just before he went up to heaven. He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. so he actually commanded us to make disciples, and as we made disciples, we've got to baptize them. So baptism is actually an act of obedience and love for God, and he says in John 14:15, "If you love me, uh, if you love me, you will obey what I command. But please remember that baptism doesn't actually make you a Christian. You know like, like I said before, we are saved by our faith, not by baptism. And baptism is a sign that you're, you're a Christian because you put your faith in God. It's, it's not necessary for salvation, but it is necessary if you are to be obedient to God. So that's the first point. It's a command from God. And secondly, uh, baptism actually strengthens and encourages yourself and also those who witness the baptism. You know, when you are physically baptized in water, You are actually experiencing the visible signs of what Christ has done for you. You physically die with Him when you're immersed in water. You physically buried with Him when you're in the water. You physically rose with Him when you rise from the water, when you're out of the water. And actually, it gives you reassurance just having that clear physical pictures of dying and rising with Christ and knowing that your sins have all been forgiven. And it also encourages others because it is a beautiful picture of God's grace and mercy, like I said before. That's why it's good to do it publicly, because it does encourage the church as we are reminded of what God has done for us. Well, who should be baptized? Well, as I said before, it's all those who profess their faith in Jesus uh, you know, in in, in um, after Jesus uh, rose to heaven, uh, one of his disciples, one of his one of the apostles, Peter, he was preaching about Jesus, and uh, and some of his audience they were they were really convicted about what what he said about Jesus and about about the gospel, and they were asking Peter, what should we do right now? And Peter said this: Well, you gotta repent. You're going to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Father of, the, of the Jesus Christ of, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far away, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted this message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So as you see here, you know, as people repented, as people believed, as people accepted, uh, they were baptized straight away. So if you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you, you are encouraged to be baptized. Uh, and, you know, I've talked to a lot of the youth and parents. Uh, we have, uh, this year, we're going to have four youth getting baptized, so praise God for that. So if you're, if you're free on the 24th of November, come to Stratfield. You can go to the new building and you can see it's not a new pool. They just moved the old pool to, the, to, to a different place. But, you know, it's still cool to get into the new buildings and, and witness the baptism of some of the youth. But I've talked to, to, to uh, other youth, and, and many of them always say to me, I don't think I'm ready yet. And even though I ask them, hey, you, do you think you're a Christian? Do you believe? And they say, yeah, I do. I, I know I'm a Christian. But then I think there's a mis- misconception that baptism is only for those who are more Mature, uh, more mature in faith, or those who are older in age. But the Bible doesn't actually give us any category, except that if you believe, then you're eligible for baptism. And the key here is faith. So if you're parents here, if you see evidence of genuine faith, and you know, if you see some degree of understanding regarding the meaning of trusting in Christ in your children then baptism is appropriate. Uh, and I encourage you to talk to your children and teenagers about baptism. And if you're a Christian and you'd like to get baptized, please you know, talk to Chad as well when he's back for holidays. So, um, so that's baptism. What, what is baptism? Uh, baptism is, is, is a sign where you get to see uh, believers getting immersed in water. It's a sign to show that they believe in Christ, and that Christ has saved them and why should we do baptism It's because it's a command and it strengthens and encourages others and believers should be get baptized should should get baptized okay so ba- that's baptism so what i'm going to do now i'm just going to ask uh Ezra to come out here uh, i'm just going to interview her about her experience of baptism
1: hello <laughs> hi
0: Ezra uh, so, how long have you been at CP?
1: So, um, if you don't know me, my name is Azalea, and I've been at CP probably since inside the womb. Um, yeah, I've been here for a very long time, so I turned 21 this year, so 21 years.
0: 21 years. It's more than me. Yeah. <laughs> what was I? I was, I was 10 years old. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you're one of the youth leaders, yep. um, and uh, I guess I want to ask you here, uh, when did you get baptised?
1: Yeah, so um, I actually got baptised in this church and if you don't know, just over in the corner over there, they pull up the kind of the floors and there's a big pool, and, well not a big pool but a, a normal sized pool and yeah, I got baptised in 2011, so when I was 13 years old.
0: Oh, 13. And why, why, why did you decide to get baptised back then?
1: Um, for me, I w- even though I was young, I am a very opinionated person and I was very convicted by who Jesus was and what he did in my life. So at the time, um, I think the church's age was you had to be about 13 to get an adult baptism and as soon as I turned 13, I was like, I just want to be baptised and tell people about it.
0: Mm, mm. Um, and um, what does baptism mean for you?
1: Mm. Yeah. So I think with baptism, um, we use Sydney water. There's nothing holy in the water. Chad doesn't sprinkle some stuff in it. Um, yeah, so for me, the water, um, it's just water. And the I guess the service is also just a service. But for me especially, just the act of baptism was to show everyone around me, especially I have non-Christian family, um, especially my grandpa, who's been praying for the years. Um, he's not a Christian still, but it was like a wow moment I can actually tell him and show him and make him sit down in church and hear what Christianity means to me and what Jesus has done for me.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's great. So, you know, baptism is actually just, it's a gospel in itself, isn't it? It's it's a great witness uh, to other people to see, uh, hey, you know, you decided to give your life to Jesus and this is what it looks like, uh, uh, that you've become a new person. Um, But do you think that baptism... Uh, makes you more holy or a better Christian?
1: Mm, So, just like I was saying before, the actual like water and stuff for me wasn't holy water or anything, but what Jesus has done, um, what God has done through Jesus, um, to set me apart, um, to tell me that, look, I love you and I've died for your sins, um, I think that Shows in baptism, so I think yeah, that's what baptism Um, represents—not the actual dunking in water (laughs) like this, (laughs) the wrestler guy or whatnot. But um, yeah, that shows holiness um, Mm. through Jesus. Mm.
0: Thanks, Ezra. Um, Yeah, so I hope you guys uh, this will get you thinking about more about baptism. Uh, Okay, it's alright. There's still hope in the resurrection. Uh, um, so I hope you guys, uh, especially if your are parents here, yeah, uh, you know, talk to your children about baptism. Um, uh, and at WS, at uh, our, our practice is, if you're interested, usually we go through some baptism classes. Uh, and even if, uh, if you decide not to get baptized after the classes, that's fine. But if you want to find out more about it, uh, please... Please do talk to Chad and let him know, so you know he can organize some classes and go through them with you properly as well. And we usually, uh, we usually, our practices, we usually immerse people into water, um, but uh, you know we do sprinkling as well. So we're happy because we recognize that uh, there are people here coming from different traditions. Uh, but one, as as I mentioned before, one key thing is is your faith. Uh, if you're a believer. And you profess your faith in Jesus, then uh, we encourage you to get baptized. So that's baptism. And now we're going to go through the Holy Communion, the second sign of uh, the second sign that Jesus has given us to remind us of His grace and mercy. So, what is Holy Communion? Uh so Holy Communion, the other, the other title is also the Lord's Supper sometimes. Uh, and, and it's because uh, it started off where Jesus had the Last Supper with his disciples. And the Last Supper with Jesus' disciples was actually during the Jewish Passover festival. And if you don't know what a Passover is, it's, it's a Jewish religious holiday where they remember how God rescued Israelites from Egypt. Uh, there were slaves in Egypt. And when there were slaves in Egypt, God actually warned the Pharaoh, hey, if you don't release my people, I'm going to send 10 plagues to you. And on the last plague, on the 10th plague, God said to Pharaoh, I'm going to pass through Egypt, and I'm going to strike down every firstborn and going to bring judgment to everyone. And he told the Israelites, he told his own people, hey, you guys, when I come, and you guys just need to paint the doors of your home with the blood of a sacrificed lamb. Uh, and it's just a, a way to show that they believe that God will save them so that when God, pass, uh, when God sees the blood on the door, uh, he will just pass over them. That's why it's a Passover. He will pass over them, and there will be no harm done to them. And so that's the context of the Passover. And this is what Jesus said at the, at the Last Supper. So while they were eating... Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. And this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day, when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So Jesus actually used this opportunity at the Last Supper to explain to His disciples that He was actually this Lamb of God. This Lamb of God who is like the Lamb that was sacrificed uh, when it was uh, in Egypt for the Passover. That He is the ultimate sacrifice who would take away the sin of people and bear the judgment of God on the cross. So the Last Supper, as we call it today... It is a reminder and sign that points to what Jesus has done on the cross in order to pay for our sins. And it's just another beautiful picture of God's grace and mercy towards us. So why do we do communion? Uh, Why do we do communion? I just have four points here. Uh, I'm just going to quickly go through them. Well, firstly, it is a reminder of what Christ has done for us. It is a reminder of what Christ has done for us. And uh, Paul, uh, in, the, in one of his letters, uh, in the New Testament, he said this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus. On the night he was betrayed to bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So in Holy Communion we remember, we remember the death of Jesus. We remember how his body was crushed and broken as we, as we took the bread. We remember how his blood was shed for us as we drink the cup. Now when I'm talking about remembering, I'm not just talking about nostalgia. I'm not talking about hey, Remember that time we went to Japan? Or, uh, hey, remember that dessert that we ate last week? I'm talking about the death of Jesus here. It's not a nostalgic experience. It's the day that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And it is your sin who put in there. So do you feel the weight of what Jesus has done for you every time you take communion? Now, you know, because we do communion quite regularly, we, sometimes I think we can become so familiar with it, sometimes we can just approach it very lightly. We, we go through the same motion, we take the biscuits and we take the cup and we wait for everyone to receive it and we take it together. But do you use this time to reflect, to remember on Christ's death for you? Now, remember that it is your sin that put Jesus on the cross. And remember that you have been saved from God's judgment through His blood. So it's a reminder of what Christ has done for us. It's a reminder of the death of Jesus. Secondly, it's a reminder that we need to give thanks. We need to give thanks to God. So Paul, in the same letter, he wrote this. It's not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ. And it's not the bread that we break, a participation in the body of Christ. So we give thanks to God during communion because Christ's death saved us from His judgment. He saved us uh, from our sin. So I use this time to reflect, to remember, but also to give thanks to Him. Now, I don't know about you, but every time as I, as I wait for the cup and the biscuit to be passed I usually, I will just sit there, I'll pray, I'll reflect on what Christ has done for me, and I thank God for forgiving my sins, even though I still sin daily, and I thank God for sending His Son, Jesus, and I thank God for loving me unconditionally. It is a reminder for us to give thanks. Well, thirdly, it is a sign that we are one in Christ. And Paul, in the same letter, wrote this, because there is one loaf and on one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all, we all share the one loaf. So, you know, in, in the Holy Communion, originally the bread would be broken and you'd be shared from just one loaf, and it symbolizes our unity in Jesus, even though we are many, but we are one in Christ. And it, it emphasizes that we are actually a community, well, community of Christ and because it is something that we do together rather than individually. Now, for practical reason, we don't do that here. We don't, we don't break one bread and share it to everyone. Uh, but we do take the bread and take the cup together at the end uh, to show that we are one in Christ. So when you participate in the Holy Communion, uh, you're showing that not only that you belong to Jesus, but you also belong to each other that you are one family, that you are brothers and sisters in Christ, that Jesus is our big brother who brought us together. So Holy Communion is a sign that we are one in Christ. But finally, the Holy Communion is also a foretaste foretaste of what's to come. It's a foretaste of what's to come. So Jesus said this at the end uh, with the, the Last Supper with His disciples. He said, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. In other words, Jesus said this supper, this last supper that I have, or this meal, this communion, is just a taste of a greater supper or greater meal to come. The other day, a few weeks ago, it was my birthday, and Kat took me to a restaurant in Newtown. uh, uh, She managed to get a group room for it. We're not that rich, so... Uh, anyway, we decided uh, we, we decided to give this restaurant a call, and we when we first saw the appetizer and the and the entree, we were like, "Wow, you know, this is this is amazing. This is uh, if 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 they were already if the entree and the appetizer are already this good, just imagine how good the main and the dessert will be." And then the main came came out, we were like, "Okay, that's not too bad. <coughs> the entree was still better." So, I didn't have a photo of it because I was like, oh, yeah. And then when the dessert came out, and, and, and usually, you know, dessert is a climax, right? If, you, if you're a dessert person like me, I feel like it's a climax. But unfortunately, we were the most disappointed by the dessert. It was a weird combination of coconut, yogurt, pandan, and honeycomb. Uh, it did not go well with my palate. So, the reality of the food did not match my anticipation. But the Holy Communion is different. The Holy Communion is different. You know, the bread and the cup, the bread and the cup, they're, they're a sign that we've been saved through Christ's death. And Jesus is saying here, hey, this is just the beginning. You should be anticipating a greater supper. And this greater supper is not going to disappoint like this restaurant that we went to. You know it's going to be even better, grander. And this is the day where we're going to partake in the Greatest Supper in the presence of Jesus Himself. That He will be sitting with us, that it will be a glorious day because we will be completely righteous. There will be no more sin, there will be no more pain, no more suffering. All tears will be wiped away. And that's the picture of heaven. It's like, wow. Do you think about that when you take communion? That's why when we take communion, we should rejoice. We should rejoice. We should celebrate. Not only it's a picture of Christ's death, it's a picture of heaven. That one day we're going to be in that great banquet with God himself. So when I participate in the Holy Communion, I remember that He died for me. I remember I thank Him for saving me. I'm, I'm reminded that I am united with everyone who participated in the communion. And I rejoice that I will be in heaven with God. It's a wonderful sign, isn't it? You know, both baptism and Holy Communion, they're both vivid physical reminder of God's grace and mercy towards us. So I, and I hope that, you know, whenever you take communion or when you see baptism, that this is something that you will remind yourself of. Now, wow, you know. Even though I'm worse than I can even imagine, that I'm more loved than I could ever dream of. Because Christ has died for me. Well, finally, who can partake in the Holy Communion? Uh, Again, it's for all those who profess their faith in Jesus. Uh, and our church here, we allowed all believers from 12 years and onwards who have been baptized or who have professed their faith in Jesus to participate in the Holy Communion. And the key thing is just to remember that Holy Communion is meant to remind us uh, of what Jesus has done for us. And that's why, you know, the Bible warned us, uh, Paul in the same letter also warned us to not take it lightly, uh, to not just treat it just as any other social meal, uh, we need to use this opportunity uh, to point ourselves to Christ's sacrificial death for us. So that's Holy Communion. Uh, and uh, I'm going to do another interview as well. I'm going to ask Auntie Angela here to come up. And I'm going to ask her about Holy Communion. Now, Auntie Angela, I've lived with you for a year. Uh, <laughs> Your your great mom. I can see how you you've been raising Ben. And uh, how long have you been uh, at CP10? Uh
2: CP10 could be about three years.
0: Three years? Yeah. Okay. And um, were you at the other campus before you had the yeah. Strathfield? So you've been at WS for longer than that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Probably more than twenty-one years. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. I I want to ask <laughs> it about <Well>, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're talking about Holy Communion here. What is Holy Communion for you?
2: Um, which actually remind me where I was. It's not physically you know, the place that I was, which actually back to, say, about 50 years ago. Now I, I'm telling you my age now. I was in high school, and there was a time that I just realized I was a singer. So sinner, you can't save yourself but just by knowing Jesus and then start having the communion and then it's just so emotionally for me even nowadays
0: mm. so it's just a reminder that you've been saved and that Jesus has died for you as you take it yeah. and, and how, how, do you, how do you approach it whenever you have communion you know, what do you do
2: yeah. um, it's um, I, I do uh, have to remember which Sunday we are having the Uh, communion. And then the very beginning of the day that I would just think of that. Um, What I have been doing, pleasing God or doing something wrong. It doesn't mean that uh, other days I don't repent. But that's a uh, particular day that I remember. I have to examine myself. And then um, I come in and then wait for the communion. And then uh, I've seen so many people having a communion with me as well, including my son. So it's just kind of a family type mm. meal mm. and which is different from uh, people just having the bread and uh, the mm. wine. Mm. I've been having communion in some other places but in church, in our church, I have the kind of, the sense of community. Mm. And then also, the last bit is, uh, I think it is a celebration. It's a new life. Uh, it's just holding holding up the hope to wait until Jesus' second coming. Mm,
0: mm, mm. Yeah, so you so you think about it when, on the Sunday that you, you're having communion, you start to examine yourself and think about whether there's any sin that you need to confess and ask God for forgiveness. But when you take it, you also remember and rejoice and celebrate that God has forgiven you and that He has uh, given you uh, a future where you're going to uh, be with him and celebrate it in heaven as well. That's good. Uh, I think, uh, I think that's, that's, that's a good way to approach it as well, just to uh, uh, approach it with seriousness uh, that you realize that you're a sinner, but also approach it with joy that you know that your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. Um, so, why, why is it important that we remember what Jesus has done for us?
2: It's kind of... Um Breathe that you take. So keep reminding myself, especially the ups and downs in the life. Mm. And then by having that kind of a mindset and also uh, having the hope mm. to hang on. Mm. So this is uh, important when we have the communion. Mm. And uh, just emphasize that uh, we are not only waiting until Jesus' second coming, but it, only us that we are living we can just having that kind of um, reunion with Jesus and also in the family mm. to have the encouragement to go on.
0: Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a way that, uh, it's, I guess it's a means of grace that God has given us to encourage us to, to keep us persevering right here and now until he comes again.
2: Did I all answer your talk?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, it's good. It's sure that you've been listening. Yeah, yeah, that's I good. I took the note. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. Okay, so so that's baptism and Holy Communion, and um, and I hope you guys have been uh, thoroughly encouraged and reminded of God's grace and mercy. Uh, and you know, uh, 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 like I said before, I know that there's different views about it, but ultimately, it's all about these are the two visible signs that God has given us to remind us of His grace and mercy towards us. Uh, so why don't I just pray and give thanks to God for that right now? Holy Father, we thank you. Thank you for your Son Jesus. And I thank you that your grace and mercy have saved us, have brought us to you. And thank you, Lord. You know that we are forgetful people, and, and you know you've you've pointed these two signs for us so that we can be reminded the baptism and the holy communion, so that we can be reminded of your love for us so that we can keep going and persevering. And Lord, I just do want to pray that every time we see someone getting baptized, that every time we take communion, that we will just give thanks, that we will just be filled with hope, that one day we are going to be with you, and it it is only by your grace and mercy. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.